0: Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up, I'm Jen Shaw. Every week I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We have not talked about COVID-19 in a long time and that makes me so happy. Today, we're going to talk about a case involving vaccinations, not directly um, about COVID-19, but certainly related, and I think it's an important development. So as all of you may recall, when COVID-19 was really at its height and the vaccine had come out, there was so much debate and so much discussion of whether or not to require a COVID-19 vaccine. And there were a lot, of course, of employers that decided to require it for folks who were coming to the office, for example, other employers who did not require it. We dealt with a ton of clients who were struggling with this issue, trying to figure out what do we do if somebody says, look, I don't want to get vaccinated. I, as the employer, want them to be vaccinated because I think it's safer And that's what a lot of the California government entities have told us, right? Like people, if they're vaccinated, they're going to be more healthy and less likely to spread the disease, less likely to be more ill. But there's a political side to this. And so there's been a lot of debate. What a lot of employees did when their employer said you have to be vaccinated is they asked for a reasonable accommodation, And they either asked for it because of a medical condition, so they said, I can't get the COVID-19 vaccine because I have a medical issue that precludes it or a contraindication that precludes it, or a religious belief that it would be against my religious beliefs to get vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. So there was a lot going on in this area, and we didn't have a lot of guidance from the courts. We were just doing what we could do. Well, about a month ago, the California Court of Appeal issued a decision in a case called Hodges versus Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. And it was not a case about COVID-19, but it was a case, or is a case, about flu vaccines. And in this particular case, the employee worked at the hospital, and the hospital said she had to get vaccinated against the flu unless she had an exemption. And the exemption that was available, one of them was, of course, based on her religious beliefs. The other was a medically recognized contraindication to getting the flu vaccine. So her doctor wrote her a note, said, listen, um, my patient should not be required to get this vaccine for a number of reasons, including her history of cancer and the fact that she has allergies. Now, none of the reasons mentioned by the healthcare provider was a medically recognized contraindication to getting the flu shot. Okay, so in other words, The Center for Disease Control has a list of medical issues that may be contraindications to getting the flu shot. This history of cancer and general allergies was not on the list. Nonetheless, the employee said, listen, my doctor is telling me not to get the flu shot. I'm not doing it. So Cedars terminated her. She sued for disability discrimination under California's Fair Employment and Housing Act. The hospital moved for what we call summary judgment to get the case dismissed before it proceeded any further. So basically saying to the court, even if everything this lady says is true, yes, we terminated her, yes, she gave us a note from her doctor, there's no legal violation here. We had a right to end her employment. So we want what's called summary judgment. We want the court to throw out the case. The lower court did that, and on appeal, the employee appealed, and on appeal, the court upheld the decision. So the court said Cedar sinai had the right to terminate this employee for refusing to get the flu vaccine. Now, as with every court decision, the facts in this case are very important. The employee had begun working for Cedars-Sinai in 2000. She did not have a patient care role. All of her roles were administrative um, in nature. So she had no obligation Um, to get the flu vaccine when she was hired. That was not a requirement that Cedars-Sinai had. But in 2017, they implemented a new policy requiring that all employees, regardless of their role, so whether or not they had a patient care role or not, that they have to be vaccinated by the beginning of the flu season. And the point of the requirement, of course, was that the flu was getting worse and worse. And remember, this is pre-COVID. But if you recall, the flu, just the basic winter flu was getting more contagious and more dangerous. And so Cedars said, look, as a preventive measure, we want all of our employees to be vaccinated unless they meet one of the exemptions. Now, importantly, the policy in 2019 met the CDC's recommendation that all healthcare workers be vaccinated annually against influenza. That includes people who are not providing direct patient care, but who may be administrative. So the court looked at the appeal and said, listen, we understand that the doctor thought there might be some side effects we get that, but the doctor didn't list anything that made clear that there was some sort of a medically recognized contraindication. And because of that, the court said, listen, this policy was implemented for good reasons, for important reasons, at the recommendation of the Centers for Disease Control, the hospital allowed exemptions for religious beliefs and medically contraindicated issues related to the flu vaccine. And that was enough for them to justify terminating the employee. And I think there are a couple of really important things that the court said in this decision that are going to apply as well to COVID vaccines. So if we get back to where COVID is flaring or we've got more debate about vaccines, more employers are wanting to require employees to get vaccinated, this case is going to be very important. So the thing to understand about the court's decision is they said, first of all, the employee wasn't disabled. She didn't have a claim for disability discrimination because the mere fact that she had a history of cancer didn't mean she was disabled and her allergies, her generalized allergies weren't enough to show that she had a disability, right? So that was important. She didn't have a disability. She wasn't protected against disability discrimination. That's a big deal, right? So merely having a medical condition where the doctor says, well, you used to have cancer, so maybe you shouldn't get the flu shot, that wasn't enough. Now, the other thing that was very important in this case is that the hospital had a legitimate reason for implementing the policy. Remember, pre-COVID, but Cedars said, look, This is a recommendation of the Centers for Disease Control. We want to do this and we don't think your note from your doctor makes clear that there's a medically contraindicated reason why you cannot get this flu shot. And CEDARS applied this policy to everyone. They were not picking on the plaintiff. There was no differential treatment here. And the court even talked about the employee's argument that It was unnecessary to have everyone vaccinated, particularly if they don't have patient care responsibilities. And this is what the court said. Finally, we acknowledge the plaintiff argues Cedar's policy was too expansive and unnecessary in considering whether implementing the policy on a workforce wide basis was a legitimate non-discriminatory reason for terminating the policy. The wisdom of the policy is not at issue. No reasonable fact finder could conclude from this record that Cedars singled plaintiff out for termination because she had a physical disability or because she had a medical condition. Its facially non-discriminatory policy, which plaintiff objectively violated, was objective and objectively applied plaintiff does not attempt to argue otherwise so the plaintiff didn't say there was pretext which is very important the final thing the court said was they didn't need to engage in the interactive process because whether an employee is disabled is ultimately a question for the court okay But an employer is not bound to accept the employee's subjective belief that they are disabled. And the court said the information that the doctor provided didn't create any sort of a factual record that the employee did have a disability. So that is very important. The interactive process obligation kicks in either when somebody's got a disability or the employer regards the employee as disabled. That didn't happen here because she didn't have a disability as a matter of law. And finally, the court said the employer did try to give the employee a reasonable accommodation. She just didn't like the accommodation, right? The court then said, look, the employee is claiming that they didn't give her a reasonable accommodation, but she wasn't disabled, so she wasn't entitled to a reasonable accommodation. And the court had a really important discussion of the difference between a medical condition, which does not require the employer to accommodate the employee, and an actual disability. But what really happened here was the employer viewed her as not disabled, right? The employer said, Just because you used to have cancer and you've got allergies, that doesn't mean that you're disabled. So it it was a very important case. And as you know, in the podcast, we don't usually talk about a single court decision, but this case is very important in terms of employers wanting and needing to establish protocols and procedures and processes for evaluating accommodation requests related to vaccinations. So it may or may not come up with COVID-19 in the future, but many employers are requiring vaccinations for the flu shot. And now that there is an RSV vaccination for the very serious respiratory um, infection that has been going around for the last couple of years, many employers are now looking at requiring the RSV vaccination as well. So this is an issue that employers need to evaluate carefully. They need to think about what their processes and procedures should be and not only how they're going to be written, but how they're going to be implemented. Remember that the first phase is writing the policy. The more important part is how you enforce it, how you implement it, whether you consistently apply it. And that is really where the legal claims usually come from when we're not Enforcing or applying the policy in a consistent manner. So, this case is important. It's worth looking at. Again, the name is Hodges versus Cedar Sinai Medical Center. It came out in late May. It is a very important case in this area and something that all of you, if you're in the HR world in any role, you should read the case and really see how the court analyzed this claim. Thank you all for spending uh, your time with me today. I appreciate it very much. Remember that if you have ideas or suggestions for the podcast, I'm always open. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, reach out and I will certainly consider your request. Keep up the good work out there. Be kind today. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at infoshalaugroup.com. Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.